Welcome to Restaurant Influencers presented by Entrepreneur. My name is Sean Walchef, founder of Cali BBQ and Cali BBQ Media. I want to give a special shout out to Toast, our primary technology partner, the sponsor of this show for believing in storytelling, uh, for being believing in the hospitality business. They power not only the technology in our restaurants, but so many of the guests that we have on this show in life in the restaurant business and in the new creator economy we learn through lessons and stories we have a very special guest today she is a tv host and journalist she is the founder and ceo of bird bakery four locations she's a host and judge of food network and she is a Today show contributor we have none other than elizabeth chambers elizabeth welcome to the show oh my god why does everyone do the dorky waving thing i'm like pretending oh, like i'm cool. in tv but it's not that's totally <laughs> Hi, cool guys. it's tv it's, it's internet tv right it is yes thank you sean i appreciate internet it i'm TV. happy to be here yeah yeah we're we're grateful for entrepreneur and toast for giving us the stage uh, since we launched the show we've reached over 22 million people all over the wow. world and uh, we believe deeply that the restaurant business, the hospitality business, everyone's in the hospitality business, but we want to, uh, to learn more about Bird Bakery, want to learn more about you. And in order to do that, I'd love for you to answer our favorite random question, which is where okay. in the world is your favorite stadium, stage, or venue? I love that. Or all of the above. My favorite wow. stadium is Dodger Stadium, LA okay. Dodgers, for sure. Um, uh venue no venue bird bakery does that count as a venue that or counts as a venue Absol yeah. absolutely it's a venue all my bird bakeries all my locations those are my favorite venues but my favorite stadium is dodger stadium perfect I'm, we're gonna uh, yeah we're, we're gonna, gonna go, take that along with it we're taking that and we're going we're going to dodger i love stadium. it we're taking we're going to talk to toast they put on um, these regional events for hospitality professionals called spark spark events and this yeah. year they hosted one at uh, at the london and west hollywood and i i actually was on stage and i told everyone in the audience that i can't wait for one day where this is such a big event that we're going to be in dodger stadium so this is a very fitting answer so we're going to dodger stadium we're going to fill the entire stadium with people mm -hmm. that we say are playing the game within the game the people that actually mm -hmm. really want to level up their storytelling their hospitality and making an impact in the community and i'm going to put you on the pitcher's mound and i'm going to say elizabeth, elizabeth chambers it's keynote time it's tedx time please tell everyone here who you are and what you do and how did bird bakery come to be I'm going to hold you to that because I played softball for 13 years and I was Perfect. the pitcher. So I'll go on the, I'll go on the mound, but then also go catch for anyone. You get else. first pitch too. Yes. Perfect. Yes, 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 uh, please. Um, yes. Elizabeth Chambers. Nice to see you all founder and CEO of Bird Bakery. I founded my company almost 12 years ago in San, San Antonio, Texas, as an homage to my grandmother and my mother with all of our family recipes. Um, my grandmother was English. She was a British culinary entrepreneur. My mom founded the first, one of the very first health food stores in San Antonio when she was just 26, um, just out of college. And so I opened between my grandmother's bakery, a restaurant basically, and my mom's. So we have basically like trifecta of female powerhouse entrepreneurs. And um, it just felt so right. It's what I wanted to do. My background is TV but I always knew that I would do this and I thought we'd have one location. It would just be my little first baby. It was before I actually had real children. And now we are at four locations and growing in a way that I never thought possible, but I always knew that we would be successful. I just didn't know, you know, on what scale. So here we are um, speaking to Sean and 
and a very different place than we were when we opened in 2012. You know, I feel like such a grandmother when I'm constantly comparing our business practice and our digital footprint and everything to when we opened. I'm always like, well, in 2012, when we first opened, if we had 10 interviews, nine out of those 10 people would show up. Now, 2023, when apparently no one can find jobs, only one person shows up. Yep. So, you know, I love looking at that, that history and the patterns and where we are digitally now. Our first location, I didn't even think about Instagram. I didn't think about anything visual other than the customers in, in store experience when we opened, you know, all the other locations, we need a digital wall. We need an Instagram wall. We need to have the lighting. Um, so I'm really excited. I'm looking forward to diving into this because it's something that really keeps me up at night in the best way possible but nobody ever wants to talk to me about it except for you. <laughs> so I'm excited. Well, we created a show because we know that at least I'm pretty convinced that I'm not crazy, especially after going to the national restaurant association show. Um, people are on the internet, you know, it doesn't matter what your hopes and dreams are. That's why we started this show was to talk to the best restaurant tours on the planet and the best storytellers on the planet and realize, you know, this is really where, entrepreneurs are the original creators, you know, business owners are the original creators. And then the creator economy came when there was web 2.0 and social media came about and people started making businesses because they were good at telling stories on Instagram or telling stories on TikTok or YouTubers or podcasters. And now we're at a very interesting place where everyone's just trying to really figure it all out. Can you bring me back when you were a little girl, did you dream of being on TV? Of course. Now, when I was three, I said I was going to be Oprah. So my mother is from a very small town in Mississippi called Kosciuszko, Mississippi. Try to spell that. I dare you. <laughs> I can't. Um, but my my mom was from there and Oprah's from there. And so wow. my mom's family really knew Oprah's family growing up. And my, mom, family's had, my mom's family had tree farms. And um, I just was always inspired by who she was and how she told stories. And for me, whether it's journalism or whether it's being in the bakery and serving guests cupcakes or lunch, or now we're breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We are called Bird Bakery, but we do a full service menu. Um, it's about stories, right? It's about talking and connecting with those guests when they walk in the door, hearing, how is your day? Oh, you know, it's this, it's that, we're going through this. And then really just like experiencing those joyful milestones with them, whether it's baby showers and birthdays and weddings and gender reveals. So I find a very, very, like very, like just such a connection between journalism, storytelling, customer service, hospitality. And you touched on that right when we opened is we're all in hospitality, right? And I tell my team that in every meeting, I said, if you do not want to joyfully greet somebody when they are in your presence, then do not be here. Yeah. I invite you to please walk out the door. And you know, it may sound harsh, but there is no reason for somebody to have to force themselves to be joyful when somebody walks at the door. And so I think that that is true because you have to have that urge to connect with a human. You have to have that urge. Listen, you don't have to like interview them. I'm not saying that, yeah. but that is what hospitality ultimately comes down to. And there's a very, very, you know, there's a, there's a huge correlation between storytelling and between that welcoming hospitality that you get in a restaurant or if any kind. Um, so that's like, what's really important to me. That's what's always driven me along with my family history. And, um, and that's what keeps us going every day. We have 110 employees. Now we have wow. four locations and, you know, it's just myself and my management team. We don't have any 
investors. We don't have any, we don't have a board and it's beautiful in the sense that we don't have like a lot of red tape for people to go through. Like I am HR. Um, (laughs) You're looking at it. I am digital. Um, And it's wild, you know, it's wild to kind of balance with everything. But at the same time, this was my first baby. Um, 12 years ago, like I said, I have two children now and then four other bird babies. But this was like what I put my heart and soul into. And it was so meaningful because it was an homage to my grandmother, who was my best friend and my mother, who's taught me everything I know in the culinary space. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's so deep and it's, and it's such a cross collaboration as to everything else that I do. And I can sense that you feel the same way in terms of storytelling and, and just connecting with people and finding out like what makes them tick. Huge news, Toast, our primary technology partner at our barbecue restaurants in San Diego and the primary technology partner of so many of the guests that we have on this show have announced they are expanding their business offerings with Google. So now if you search on Google Maps and you sign up for Toast Tables or Toast Waitlist, you will have the opportunity to improve the digital hospitality experience of the guest, allow them to book through the maps into the Toast Reservation system. One of the biggest difficulties that restaurant guests have is when they search for your restaurant and they want a table, they do not have an easy solution to book a table or to get on a wait list. This is huge news for the restaurant industry, huge news for guests and huge news for you, the restaurant owner. Check out Toast Tables today and find out the new integrated solution that they have. This is something that we've wanted for a long time. How do you integrate reservations, wait lists into your point of sale? Toast has done it. Check it out. My media mentor, David Meltzer, he he likes to talk about the stage theory that Shakespeare, the world is your stage. And for me in the hospitality business, the whether you own a coffee shop, a catering business, a restaurant, a bakery, that is our stage. That is our our pillar, our that's what we put our roots in the ground in the into the community. And we welcome strangers. That's what hospitality is, is welcoming strangers and having those memorable moments, turning a stranger into a friend. For me, the reason why I'm so grateful for this opportunity to have this show is that restaurant owners, hospitality professionals, we're so good in real life. In real life, if you talk to any hospitality professional that has the hospitality DNA running through their blood, they're just phenomenal at welcoming somebody to the table, at making somebody feel at a tailgate, at an event, please come in, be like you're part of the family already. There's an element of that in media, and I'm thinking, you know, I'm talking traditional media, but now more importantly, omni-channel media, which is internet media, of how how do you connect with somebody that you're not actually seeing on the other side of the screen? If you're able to help tell a story and you're able to bring somebody into the village, then maybe you can have a bigger business than just that brick and mortar business. That's really why we created this show. Can you give me any stories of when you start first being on camera where you decided like, this is kind of where you found your voice? No, for sure. So I studied journalism at University of Texas. I, um, my goal was always to be on channel one. I love Anderson Cooper and Lisa Ling. And I love the way that that journalism was the first journalism I really saw in my classroom. So Actually, I graduated a semester early to be on Channel One, and it became Current TV, which was Al Gore's network, um, and Joel Hyatt. And I did really cool stories. It was um, it wasn't international 
channel, but we were really doing like viewer created content before YouTube existed. Wow. So amazing. Timing you, wasn't right, but the user generated was, content. I love we it. We called it VCC, viewer created content. Like it viewer was great. Content. And then we also did really intense stories, like went to Mexico and cross border with League of Immigrants and kind of like, you know, all of those experience that were very hard news, but in a, in a very rogue way um, without having, again, without having a huge network behind us or a lot of red tape and a lot of, um, I mean, it was sign a camera out, take two producers and you're on your way, which was the coolest. Like yeah. I had an opportunity out of college to go do weather in Houston for an ABC affiliate or go to current and, and channel one. And, you know, that's what I always wanted to do. So I would say those stories of speaking to people and understanding someone's plight that's very different than yours for me is what drives me and I like my biggest fear is being in a bubble right like if I ever am in my bubble kill me like send me out faster I don't want to be stuck in any bubble and it's really easy for us all to get in those patterns and those bubbles um so that's really what what was driving me for so long and then I think to your point about, you know, restaurants and hospitality is what I love, love, love. And I always tell my team this is I'm like a very, I'm very much a person of faith. I believe everything happens for a reason. And I say every single person who walks through that door is meant to walk into your life. So are you going to receive that or are you going to ignore it? And that's your choice. And if you think if you're in New York, your background and you're going right <laughs> instead yep. of left and you run into somebody I mean, I don't think that's an accident, whether you believe in God or the universe or whatever you believe in, I don't think it's an accident. And I always tell them, if you are behind the counter working at a restaurant or you are serving somebody table-sided barbecue, whatever it is, whoever walks to that door, whoever's at your table is meant to be there. So are you going to absorb it and really connect and see why that, what that reason is, or are you going to ignore it? And I think that that's like how you go through life, right? Life is super short. Um, for me, I want to absorb every single moment, every single interaction, every single happenstance. And that's the beauty of not only interviewing somebody who's crossing the border or interviewing somebody who happens to come into the studio, but it's really served on a platter, no pun intended. But when somebody comes into your restaurant or when someone comes into your space, it's like every romantic comedy plus a lot more work. But, you know, it's just there it's meant to be and um and i think we're all doing ourselves a disservice if we don't absorb and connect and honor that moment and see what that moment might be um obviously when we're super busy i don't expect everyone to have like a 30 minute conversation with someone yeah. but um whatever your beliefs are i think it's really pretty magical that every single person who's in that space is meant to be there because you are there during those hours um, and that's why I love, I love, love, love working at my locations and it makes me so happy. I wish I could clone myself, but it's, it's like, you know, just that daily affirmation and, um, and connection that, that is so special to me that you don't get anywhere else. Yes. You get it. If it's not a brick and mortar, like, yes, you get it in interviews, mm -hmm. but if you're in a brick and mortar space, when people are coming to you, you know, maybe they're coming home from school to take their kids. And then they just like whip in. There's a reason, yep. you know, it's, it's destiny. For sure. And so I feel really passionately about that. And I think that the same thing applies you know, with interviewing and with journalism.
when you opened up your first international location can you bring me to to the event to to ha yeah. to a story that happened yes of course um i had we've always been visiting the cayman islands that's where i am now you can see some palm trees in the background um we had always visited the cayman islands for christmas and for spring break and it's always been just a place where my family has spent time um right in the beginning of covid i was on a little trip with my kids COVID hit, we were advised not to go back to LA and we were meant to be in the Caymans in April. So we moved here. Wow. Um, they basically shut down the island, which was really great at the time because, you know, there was no online schooling. The kids were, were went to school here. Um, there were no masks at the time. I went through a super public divorce. Um, There's no paparazzi on the island. Awesome. So it really ended up being a beautiful sanctuary and a place of protection, a little cocoon for my children and myself and for our whole family. Um, and the island gave so much to us. I, it, it was wild. Like my daughter started horseback riding. All of a sudden I had people ringing my doorbell with chaps and, you know, cause it's really difficult. You can't like order Amazon here. Yeah. So they're like, here's some chaps, here's some riding boots. And people were so kind and so lovely. There's an expression here called Cayman kind. And we really, really saw that. Um, and I wanted to give back as much as I could. I did a little pop-up for the bakery here to help with the local community when there's no tourism. I did a lot of charity. I raised $125,000 with a couple of my friends for the wow. food pantry here. You know, when somebody does something nice and when a place welcomes you in a way that you've never been welcomed before, because I've never been a place from my country, you know, you're in a different country. You don't know anyone. Um, you want to give back and you want to say thank you and you show gratitude. So I've always wanted to open a bakery here. We've been here now three years. And I thought people love the cupcakes. And because it's a small island in the middle of the sea, as an island is, um, most, of the, most of the cupcakes that people enjoy are from the grocery store. And they're frozen or it's you know, pre-made mixes. And so when I did our, our pop-ups, people could not believe it. They're like, oh my gosh, like brought to tears. This is yes, this tastes like my grandmother's cupcake. And so um, we ended up doing, I'm doing a Hulu show now about opening cool. the restaurant here. Really? Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. When is that going to be, when is that going to be live? When it'll be, be in the fall. Yeah. It'll the be in fall. the fall. Very cool. We're doing our, we're in our fourth month. We just have a few more days, um, but it's fun because, you know, there's so much red tape. Like I said, you, I'm not Canadian. You have to find a Canadian partner. You have to do a full build out. And for me, I'm just like, I just want to bring homemade from scratch desserts to this place that has done so much for me. Like it shouldn't be that complicated, but you know, as anything is, it really is. And I have an amazing partner. And so I was really stressed out to answer your question about like, what does this look like? I was really stressed out because I wanted to have, we have 33 flavors in total of cupcakes. We have seven cookies. We have, you know, nine sandwiches. And I was like, I wanted to do a bridge menu, but also knew that it had to be something that was very doable because a lot like golden raisins, who knew? Not super available in the Cayman Islands. Um, so there are so, certain items that we couldn't get and cer certain items that were legitimately 12 times the price. But you know, with everything that we've done, I've never wanted to compromise our quality and never wanted to change the recipes. So I basically did like a highlight reel of our menu and we, but I couldn't do it all at the same time because we were missing a piece for our bread maker and it was stuck in customs. And I was so nervous about having everything perfect on our opening day. And it was just such a life lesson. People are just so grateful for anything. 
Yeah. We started with like five cupcakes, three cookies. We still don't have sandwiches. We opened two and a half weeks ago. The piece is still in customs. And people are just like every day, hi, are the sandwiches here? And, you know, people are just grateful. And I think that, I don't know if COVID taught us that. I don't know. I just feel like a shift because I do feel like if I opened four years ago, there would be, wherever I'm opening, right? There are very high expectations yeah. and you have to come out all at once. But again, it's like how you frame things and how you communicate in store online and marrying those two forms of communication are key. But um, people are just so grateful. I mean, people have literally been brought to tears because they're so happy to have these from scratch recipes. And I never compromise quality. The blue grub butter, just peanut butter for my cookies because that's what my mom always used when we were growing up. Um, I like I do not mess around with changing my ingredients. Quaker oats for my oatmeal cookies. Like I'm not taking your generic oats. Um, and it's crazy. We're here, you know, three thousand miles from our original location, and everything tastes exactly the same. We have Texans here every day. I met this beautiful family from Dallas yesterday, and they're like, "It all tastes the same. It's bringing us home." Um, so it's wild. It's wild to have our first international location so far away from original and have it all feel the exact same. Like it doesn't have to be expansive, but it does have to be right in terms of the things that we are doing. Yeah. I think so. it's super interesting for me because we, we started a barbecue restaurant in 2008 at the height of the economic recession in a difficult location in San Diego and basically got ignored by all the local media. So we ended up creating our own media company. <laughs> so when we talk to restaurant owners, usually that's the story that most people have. Yet the reason we have this show is back to what I was talking about, which was the the creator economy of people like my friend, Sam, the cooking guy who has 3 million YouTube subscribers because he's incredible at content. He was phenomenal on TV. Now he does content, he does cookbooks, but he's also in restaurants. So for him, I'm fascinated when somebody has a strong following such as yourself on Instagram and all the platforms. And then you have a brand that is also strong on all the platforms like Bird Bakery. How do you judge content? How do you judge where am I gonna post? What am I gonna post? How am I gonna post? That's a really good question. And I am probably gonna give you an answer that you don't love because I used to be <laughs> obsessed with judging the content. There was a time in my life when I was, you know, checking it nonstop and seeing how many followers and engagement and all those things. And then I just went to a place of like, it reminded me when everybody, like people who, you know, who read books about like how to be the most interesting person in the room and they're just not the most interesting person in the room. <laughs> yeah, sure. You know what I mean? Like, and then they're trying to like do weird, like kitschy things. They're like, oh my God, you've read too many self-help books. Trying to and hack then I the just, algorithm. Like, yeah, 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 exactly. And then I just, I felt like there was this beauty and authenticity of stepping back a little bit, not necessarily because it was a, a decision that I felt like I wanted to make, but just because of what was happening in my personal life. And because I do obviously do my own social and I do the bird social. Um, and for me, I just needed to take a step back authentically for myself. And I could have brought other people on. I could have had other people do content. Um, and listen, like, did we lose followers personally? For sure. But I also feel like I didn't want to force something that wasn't authentic to where I was at that point in my life. Um, and my bakery is where it reflects where I am at my point in my life. And maybe, you know, in five years, I will bring on a team and have 
investors and somebody else who's running it, who can do something independent of whether I'm having a personal crisis or not. But like right now, bird is me, I am bird. And if I need to like go into a little moment of hibernation with my children for five days, I'm like, then we won't be posting content, you know? Um, so I don't think that's probably the answer that you want, but I also think we have to go back to authenticity, whatever it is, and true followers and true community, um, I think feel the same way, you know? People don't always wanna, like nobody wants to, like I still have the most beautiful, precious Mother's Day photos that I, what are we now, 10 days for Mother's Day? And I'm like, I will post those in my own time. Yep. And I think that there's something to be said for not always being on this crazy deadline. Like I don't wanna wake up on Mother's Day and ignore my kids while I'm like trying to get a photo and then like, you know, get the right filter on it. And then like, that's not Mother's Day. And um, for me, Mother's Day was leaving my phone at home and going to the beach with them and being super present. And so I think it's honoring where we are in our space and then also communicating that to our to our communities as well, because people do feel the same. And I think like there has to be a little bit of correction on this intensity to always be posting content. Um, but yeah, I don't think that that's probably the answer that you wanted. And no, I hope that <laughs> that's I, the truth vibrates the fastest. Yeah. And as much as I talk about content and publishing and telling your story to business owners, sometimes it's important to not. Sometimes yeah. it's important to be in airplane mode. Um, yeah. You know, as somebody that literally spent, I have an inherent belief in the internet because it kept our business alive. It launched this show. It allowed us to do all the things that we do. Sometimes it's okay to not to not post. Mm -hmm. And I think that is a strong message. And I think it's, it's an, it's very important message. When you look at your brand today in 2023, what kind of hopes do you have for it into the future? Um, I have so many hopes for our brand. I hope that we remain authentically who we are in terms of, like I said, our ingredients, our story, our mantra, our internal communications and our internal operations. Um, and then I would really love just to bring bird to as many people as possible, you know, whether that's our granola on the shelves of Whole Foods uh, or, you know, whatever, like really figuring out our e-commerce in a more strategic way and figuring out our shipping. Um, I always say whenever it's Christmas or my birthday, I'm just like, what do you want? I'm like, I would like a how it's made factory. You know, I have 110 people creating our product from scratch, which is so beautiful, which is why it is the way it is. And it's very rare and unique. I mean, we do not cut any corners, despite how many food suppliers are always trying to get me to save money with this product or this ingredient. But I love what we're doing. And it's so rare, but like our granola could probably be made in a co-packing facility. Um, so scaling e-commerce, bringing on a, a larger team. Like I said, we are doing things. It's a mom and mom company that's been run the same way for 12 years. Um, I've done everything I can. I really do feel like I'm doing the best I can do every day and I'm doing all that I can every day, but there are people who are more qualified than I am. And I, as long as they have the heart for the company and, and care about my baby, like I would care about it, then, you know, that will be the right fit. Um, I've been taking meetings and entertaining those, those thoughts for years. And I, haven't met that person yet so 
or that company yet. Um, so I'm very much open to it. I'm really looking forward to this Hulu show in terms of a, a global platform for the brand and for the company and for people to really see who we are because we have a, you know, we have a huge following in Texas and Colorado and, um, but, you know, to really put this out there is going to be interesting and I'm excited. Um, but it's also something I hold so close to my heart and I will never compromise if it doesn't feel right. And no amount of money in the world is worth giving away. I, people are like, you know, divorce yourself from the emotion, divorce yourself with the, from the emotion. I cannot tell you how many times I've heard that from other entrepreneurs and from mentors yeah. whom I really, really respect. Like you can't tell someone to divorce yourself from the emotion. Like it was my greatest joy to create this company other than, you know, raising my children. Um, and so while that is probably smart financially and doable for some people, it's just not something that resonates with me at this juncture of my life. Like bird will always be my baby. And until I find somebody that I can co-parent with, mm -hmm. um, then that will remain the same. As someone, we have so many amazing fathers and, and mothers that listen to the show that are in hospitality. And one of the discussions we like to talk about is because we're in hospitality, we spend all of our time taking care of others. You know, we take yeah. care of our guests, we take care of our village, we take care of our team. Very rarely do we take care of ourselves. And, you know, for me watching, having the opportunity to have a son and a daughter growing up and they like it's their restaurant. They're like, we love Cali BBQ, daddy. Like, when are we going to the restaurant? And, you know, as someone that grew up in the restaurant business, I too, I was at a point when I was a teenager that I didn't love the restaurant business. It took me later on in life. You as a mother, how do you balance between letting your kids know this is the bakery business that we're in the hospitality business versus we're, we're going to let them do what they do? No, I think you hit the nail on the head. They take so much pride. They see what I'm doing every day, you know? And listen, I could be a lawyer who's in the office every day and they don't know what I'm doing. I could be gone for 11 hours a day in finance. Um, they hear my conversations. They see my meetings. They know our whole team. They come to my, to our in-person meetings. They know, you know, they want to say hi on when I'm doing our manager Zoom. They know my team. And I think that's really beautiful. And on a much lighter note, they love physically being in the space. I mean, it's basically a birthday party for them every day, right? They have cake, they have cookies and they have their friends. <laughs> and it's like, and then they, they're like, Ford is like his power move. He has these like little girlfriends in Dallas. He's like, let me show you where the graveyard is. Like all the broken cookies. <laughs> I'm not sure that's, <laughs> that's going to get them there. That's and he comes weird. and shows them like all the decorated, like undecorated cookies, like takes all the girls in the kitchen. And then, you know, Harper loves to have her friends in the kitchen too and show them all around. And that pride that they take knowing that they see me every day create and sustain, this is, it's immeasurable. Um, it's the greatest gift for me and it gives them a sense of understanding, hard work and purpose. And like, I, I couldn't ask for anything more. And I, and I feel grateful to be in a position that I do have the privilege of working from my phone. Like both of my kids have been sick for the last three days. And they are the kind of kids, like, they do not want you yeah. away from their side. Like, mama, mama, mama. And, you know, but I'm doing it off my phone. And I and I don't take that for granted. I know that that is a privilege. And I also know that they understand what I'm doing. And they have a context. They have context for that. Like, 
they know who I'm speaking to. They know when I'm doing my annoying voice text over their movie that they're watching when they have like 103 degree fever. Like it works. Um, it works in a way that gives them like a visual sense of what's happening virtually and also physically. And I, I love, love that. that. Yeah. So uh, every single Wednesday and Friday on the social audio app Clubhouse, if you guys are listening to the show, we created a room called Digital Hospitality for you, the listener, the viewer to come on stage, raise your hand, tell us about your restaurant, tell us about if you're in sales, if you're in marketing, if you're a content creator, um, this is a place that we build community. So this is an open invite every Wednesday, every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, we also do a social shout out. So this week's social shout out is going to Aaron Roberts of Rising Tides Creative. So this is my media team. Um, I just put them through, I guess, the content ringer at the National Restaurant Association show. Um, Aaron, his wife, Michonne, and Tony, um, the cameraman, uh, Tony and Gatto. I can't thank them enough for what they did from going. I mean, we probably hit 70 different brands, hospitality partners, content partners, influencers, people that have been on this show. Um, Chicago was an absolute blast, but this is a shout out to Rising Tides Creative. Give them a follow. Uh, Elizabeth, who on your team, this is going on entrepreneur.com. I know mm -hmm. everyone always wants to say the whole team, but I, I need you to single out one individual, somebody that's gone above and beyond for, um, for your brand, for Bird Bakery. No, Christina Gandhi. She is extraordinary. She's a twin sister, four girls in their family. They've wow. all worked at my company at some point. Her sister, Melissa, was my manager before she was. Um, the Gandhi sisters are immeasurable. Uh, Christina, I couldn't do without her. If she's ever like, hi, we need to talk right away. I'm like, what's going on? How good? Like, I'm always afraid she's going to leave me at every moment of my life. Um, no, she is as good as they come and their parents raised them all right because those girls have done a huge, have played a huge part in, in growing our company. It's awesome. So if you guys yeah. want to interact with me, it's at Sean P. Walchef, S-H-A-W-N-P-W-A-L-C-H-E-F. And that's on all the socials. I look forward to learning about you, following you. Uh, we believe a rising tide lifts all ships. And if you're listening to this, watching this, then you're part of our community. And uh, we can't wait to meet you in real life and also see what, see what you build. Uh, Elizabeth, what's the best way for people to interact with you and Bird Bakery? We'll put links um, in the show notes. Um, check out the, the article that accompanies the interview on entrepreneur.com. Where's the best way place for people to interact? Thank you. I'm Elizabeth Chambers is my Instagram. Bird Bakery is our Instagram. I'm great on DM. Like slide into my DM. There you go. So let's talk restaurants. Let's there you go. talk slower. Um, yeah, no, honestly, I, I love the community. I love everybody sort of sharing their own experiences. And exactly as you said, we're all better together. And any parting words of wisdom for the entrepreneur would be entrepreneur out there that's just just waiting on the edge of the cliff, the knowing, knowing, way, knowing that there's something bigger calling them. Yes. The only way to fail is by not trying. But that's these, it's so simple. It's obviously the Wayne Gretzky. You miss 100% of the shots. You don't take it. So yep. cliche. But I tell my kids this every day. You, the only way that you can ensure that you're going to fail is by giving up now. Um, and, and don't give up. You will always find a way. No, it's just a jumping off point and you will find your yes all of those things that are so cliche hold true and they are saying to a reason and just don't question yourself i feel like 
you know, self-doubt is just, it's just the nail in the coffin. So talk yourself up, positive self-talk and push forward. That's awesome. Yeah. I teach, <laughs> I teach my kid the Batman saying, and that's why do we fall? So we can learn how to get back up. So you got to have the courage. You got to have, you got to have the courage to fall. Thank you guys for listening to the show. Elizabeth, thank you for coming on the show. Bird Bakery, uh, please check them out and we will uh, follow up with you guys next week. Thank you for listening to Restaurant Influencers. The best way that you can help us with the show is to subscribe and write a review. We love the opportunity to connect with you no matter where you are on the globe, no matter what restaurant you are running. Please send us a DM on social at Sean P. Walchef. If you are interested in toast, if you want to improve your digital hospitality, please send me a DM. I will get you in touch with a local toast representative. We appreciate you listening to this show. The best way that you can help the show is share it with a friend and we will catch you all next week or we will see you on one of the digital playgrounds that we call social media.